Joining me right now on Kumite TV is undefeated Bantamweight prospect Aiden James. What's going on, Aiden? All right, guys. What's going on? Let's talk about your career so far. You had three pro fights, three finishes. Did you foresee such a fast start to your professional career? No, um, I don't know. I don't really picture anything. I don't think too far ahead. Like, I just take it one fight at a time, really. I am... Um, I was fortunate enough to get with Brave early on in my career, and they've given me like the best platform to to um, show my skills and get like the best fights as well. Yeah, definitely. In your last fight at Brave 17, it was your toughest test to date, but a big opportunity. Yeah. You put Franz Malambo to sleep. He's a former title challenger. Take me through the fight and the finish. I uh, I. I, I a few years back, I went to the Amateur World Championships in Vegas, and um, uh, I, he was in my division. I remember watching Franz then. He was, like, super slick, and his, he was striking with spell and everybody else's. And um, I was young, though. I was only 20 at the time. I, just, I didn't think I was ready to, anyway to... I didn't think I, I was going to win it. Do you know what I mean? I, I went out there, and um, it was a whole brilliant experience, but I mentally I weren't what I am today. And... Um, so I guess, uh, I'd watched, I'd followed his career since, and when I had my first fight with Brave, which I, I took on short notice, I took it up a weight class, a featherweight against um, Francis' teammate Tommy, and then um, after it, like I remember, I was the first, I was the first fight of the night, and Franz was the main event. He was fighting for the, the bantamweight world title against Stephen Lohman, and uh, I was sat in the front row with myself, uh, my coach, the one side of me, and I Conor McGregor and Paddy Hoolan on the side, and. Um, so I was watching, and my coach said to me after he goes, oh, I, I think you and Franz would be a good fight. I think you'd be able to beat him. I was like, oh, I, I didn't think much. I was just, like, just enjoying the fights. And then um, I just had a met one day, so my coach turned to me, he goes, right, you're fighting Franz Lamb with eight weeks. And I was like, right, I can't go prepare for this like slick boxer. And then I started training again, like went out to Pakistan, which was an incredible place to go to. I've, I've never seen anything like it. And um, for Franz, and then again, got on his back, ran together, we need a choke, which was one of my... Uh, favorite submission with the Renegade Choke. And uh, yeah, just gone from there, really. Just uh, spoke to him after, he's a great guy, and um, I obviously wish him all the best now. And it's just, uh, I'm looking forward to this fight with Jalal. Now, after that win, do you consider yourself a top contender in the Bantamweight division for Brave? You could say so, but I, I'm not, I don't even think about it. Like, everyone keeps talking to me, like, oh, when are you going to fight for the title? When are you going to, do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I, I don't care. I, I just, I do not care. Like, I just, I'm not thinking about the title fight at the minute. At the minute, the only thing in my head is Jalal Al-Jazar. Like, and um, he's the only person I'm consider like, the only thing I'm thinking about. Like, I don't think about title fights, past fights, just Jalal. And that's, that's it. Nothing. All right, that fight was last October. It's been a while. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Um... So, like, I always, um, I, I'm in the gym all year round. Like, I, I don't ever take time out of training. Um, even the France fight, like, I contracted E. coli, like a stomach virus when I was out there. So when I come back, I take a week or two off. And then I hurt my knee then. But that was the most time I'd taken off. Like, I don't really take any time off training. So um, the only difference is this camp, like, I spoke to my coach. And after the France, I want to do some strength work. Because I never really put any effort into, like, weights or anything. Like, I've always just done, like, my, my striking, grappling, wrestling, and cardio. Like I'm, I'm not, never was big into strength and conditioning or weights. So I started doing some more strength work, and I could feel myself like 
performing better with all my other tasks. I didn't realize how much it was complementing all my other training. I put on a bit of muscle as well. I put on about like five pounds probably like in the last six months. And because um, I was just like eating better, just doing everything correct. And I feel it now, like like the shape on me, like I, I notice when I look at myself, like, oh, I, I can see more development and um, like I fill them into my frame. So um, that's the main thing, really. But everything else I kept the same. I've still done my jiu-jitsu, still done my striking, my wrestling, and obviously my fitness and cardio. But just adding a bit of strength work has like, helped complete me a little bit more. All right, well, this all leads into Brave 23. You're facing Jalal Aldanja. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him as an opponent? Um, he, I think he's really good. Like, I think he's, he's well-rounded, he's tough. He's experienced, um, so like uh, he's got a lot more big, well, I'd say like big fight experience. So like bigger venues, uh, large crowds, fighting at home. He's got that experience. Like he's done the same thing in like K1 fights, kickboxing fights, and he's done uh, with MMA with Brave. So um, he's got that experience. But then uh, it don't matter when you're in there. Like I, I fought all around. Like, I fought in Las Vegas, London, Pakistan. Like it, felt, it don't matter. Like it. A cage is a cage. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't notice anything outside of it really. You suddenly do your corner men and and that's it. Like there's no no difference. Um, other than that, he's got good. He's got solid Muay Thai, solid solid kickboxing, and he is a purple belt as well, so you can grapple. Uh, so I'm not taking him lightly. I'm not taking him lightly at all. Like all areas, I know he's trained in. So am I. And this this is what makes it a good fight. Do you know what I mean? The fact that I've trained well in all areas, he trained well in all areas. And we're just going to go and see who's better on the night. You've been all around the world, like you just mentioned. When you're inside the cage, do you not hear the crowd? Do you not uh, see anybody out there? Is it just you and him um, and your corner? It's just, it's just, uh, it's, di- it's just when you're in there, like it's different. Like I'm, I'm usually, I'm like always like really coherent when I'm in a cage. Like I, I'm, I'm like I'm super, um, uh, like I'm in the moment. I understand everything's going on, but I, it. It just doesn't matter to me, like, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I think weird stuff when I'm fighting, like, I've done it before. Like, I, I was fighting, and when I fought a toy Martin in Belfast, and this, this kid and his dad could watch me from Wales, and I'm never thinking, I wonder where they're sitting. I was on top, like, trying to throw an elbow. I was like, where, where are they sitting? Then I was like, oh, I'll switch back on, like, just get back into it. And then, but that's it, really. Like, just when you're fighting, you're fighting, and um, in days, just a cage, you, the guy, the ref, and that's it. Don't matter if it's Pakistan, Jordan. Vegas, it's all it's all the same. Well, it must be so beneficial for you because that means that you're so calm and collected yeah. during the fight, where you could think yeah. of something else and then click back to the yeah, fight and continue elbowing the dude in the head, yeah. right? I I talk to myself sometimes. Fight. Like sometimes it like obviously flowing, like I let that flow saying like just things are happening. Sometimes I'm just chatting absolute nonsense to myself. Yeah, just weird. This event. You're going into your opponent's home country. Yeah. Do you feed off of that challenge to go in there and beat the guy in in front of his home crowd? Yeah, I, what what I like about it is like I know that he would have prepped so hard, like he would have done, like I he'll be doing the best he could possibly do. Like he's fighting his hometown, and um, there's a possible title shot on the line for him. Uh, so I like I know he's prepped as best as he can, which is brilliant. This is exactly what you want. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm looking forward because I know like the Jordanian fans are like really passionate. Like they like 
like like any crowd, but like they are super. Passionate. I've watched some of his past fights, and I've watched other fights that are, that are in the same place. And I, you're the genius of crowd, and they're loud, and they roar in, and they're really supportive. So, um, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll get get a good feeling of the crowd and get some good energy from it. And uh, he probably will as well. Do you know what I mean? But uh, other than that, I'm not I'm not too fast like crowd. So I, I, when I was an amateur, I used to fight away all the time. I like I remember co-main an event, uh, a co-main in a card up in like the north of the UK, and um, uh, the boy I was fighting, he was like sold loads of tickets, and people come up to me all the time like, oh, we can't wait for your fight, you will lose fight tonight. Like everyone's been watching this. It's practically the main event because the main event was a pro fight that no one really cared about because we were amateurs, we had to go co-main. But other than that, we were like the main event. And I had like this big buzz about it. And he was 11 and over the time I got defeated. And I was like 11 and 3. And there was a lot of pressure for a belt. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I remember, I remember like getting in and like um, crouching to my coach. And I, I just remember telling him like, I can't wait for this. Like I was looking at him and the way my opponent was on his way out. I was just thinking like, I can't wait for him to get in now. I have to do this fight. So, um, yeah, like good crowds, good atmosphere. It just makes it a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? It, it just makes the whole night a bit more like that fight vibe yeah all that amateur experience you have accumulated over the years it yeah. must be so beneficial for you now even though you only have three pro fights it probably seems yeah. like you've been fighting forever yeah this is like my sister now it's been my 20th fight now this will be 20th amateur mma fight uh, amateur, no, 20th fight mma fight and then i've done kickboxing fights and jiu-jitsu grapples and tournaments so um, like experience, experience. It's always the same, though. There is no like, like, mo no change in motivation. There's no um, change in nerves. It's, there's everything's the same. Do you know what I mean? Like the opponent changes, but other than that, like I feel just as I did going to my first fight. Obviously, a lot more skilled now, and I I understand what's going on a lot more. But it's just it's just a fight. Like that is that is it. There's just a fight. Training camp for this fight, upcoming fight. Who are the coaches? Where are you working? Who are the uh, training partners that are working closely with you? So um, my head coach is Chris Reese, and I fight with the Chris Reese Academy, so Jim, and he like oversees everything. And then I got my jiu-jitsu coach, who is like Ash Williams, and he's um, a like a real top-level grappler. He's like been EBI and um, won like the Europeans, and the, he's done a lot of like, top top jiu-jitsu tournaments. Um, I see. I got my sparring partners there. And, like I've used a lot of like Brett Jones, uh, UFC fighter, um, and Bantamweight as well. And then I've used like another team in mine, Scott Pedersen, who's like a super accomplished amateur, and uh, 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 Rowan Crocker as well. He's the kid who won the amateur. We got good amateur, got good few amateur boys. See, and like when I was younger, when I was an amateur, I was helping Brett prep for pro fights, even world title fights. Like I was helping him prep for his, his UFC debut, his his Titan World title. World title his cage war, his world title defense. And he used to say, like, all the time he was fighting as a pro, his training partners were amateurs, and he was fighting against pros, training like alpha male or training as other top-level pros. But he said he never felt like he had to go away. He said that, that the amateurs, like, that guy's getting enough of a tough time and tough rounds that it was good enough. And it, it worked. Like, he was 15 and 0. Do you know what I mean? He was outstanding. So... Again, like I have the boys who train me and like a load of amateurs. Like these boys would ha easily go into like pro ranks and cause big, big trouble. And um, like my my one training partner Scott, he's got like twenty five amateur fights, you know, what I mean? or something like that. So a lot of experience. They've both done the world championships and lots of kickboxing matches. 
then I've also trained, I travelled away a little bit. So I went to New York like six weeks ago and trained in Henzo Grace. He's done a bit of grappling there. Went Dan Hurst class. Got to go do some rounds of toning as well, which is quite cool. And then um, uh, I went to, I don't know if you know, like uh, Abbott Tulare. You know, have you had Jack Shaw? Yeah, yeah, of course. Age world champion. Yeah. So I went to yeah. his gym on Monday. We did some good rounds. And then them, them boys come down sometimes. We're not far apart. And then um, that's it, really. So, like, some of the Wales guys help each other out as well. But, yeah, um, that's it, really. Like, the, my training partner has always been, like, the same solid guys. Like, they, they know to push me hard. And they, they, they we, we're safe with each other as well. Like, it's no stupid sparring or there's no ego involved. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think that's really important. Like, I, as I get better, they get better. When they get better, I have to get better. So, um, yeah, I haven't had to go anywhere or change anything. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great that you have those amateurs helping you out because those are the guys that are going to be next up yeah. for your team. Yeah. Just like you help, you know, Johns prepare for his yeah. fights. They're helping you prepare. So it's a lovely yeah. cycle that you guys have created for yourself. Now, you step into the cage at Brave 23. What type of performance are you expecting from yourself? Because you've been so spectacular so far. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really plan anything. Like, do you know what I mean? You just got to go out and feel... Um, one thing I say is like I I I feel like I'm more like a mixed martial artist. So there's no area I I, I avoid. Like I I like all the areas of sport and I like to blend them. That's like the thing I feel the best is blending them areas. So um, I'll take it where I need to take it. Do you know what I mean if I have to take it to the floor or keep it standing, I will. Do you know what I mean if I use a wrestle, I'll wrestle. But um, I'll just go in and just, my body will take over. It'll do what it's got to do, and my training and coaching it all kick in. And on fight night is like the the result of the hard work and the performance. You know what I mean? I don't dwell on it too much. I don't think about the results. I don't think about anything else really. Like I just go in and have my fight and just get it done. All right, man. One last thing before I let you go. You know you're a bantamweight. TJ Dillashaw. Did you see the news? He just uh, recently got busted for EPO. You know, got suspended for two years. What was your yeah. reaction to the news? And do you think the sentence was? Too harsh? Um, no, not really. Um, like if you have a look online, you'll see a couple of things, and one of them was a uh, Cody Garbrandt accused him of the EPO, uh, like a couple of years back when they were talking, or a year back. And he mentioned that he was using EPO back then, and um, when they like retroactively tested one of his previous results from December, he also they found EPO when they're using a specific EPO detecting test. Um, then John Kavanagh, which is Francis' coach, said a good thing. He said like that the two-year ban going forward should also be enacted going two years backwards as well, so taking results and win bonuses and pay off fighters, which would really discourage cheating. So I agree to that as well. Like, I would like to see. Um, well, we are clamp. They are clamping down on cheating. Like like I, I know like my gym, we all super clean there. Like I, most of the people are clean now. Like I don't know many cheaters. Like. The UK is generally known for clean fighters as well. Uh, we are. It's, it's more like a moral mindset towards it. Um, I just couldn't imagine going in and cheating. I, I don't know, right? Everyone's got their own things. And I don't like to imagine everyone's situations. But for me, like I couldn't be happy with it doing it myself. So like, I was gutted seeing it for TJ because I've looked up to the guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's blocked me on Instagram, though. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I used to, when I was a kid, I was like, uh, McGregor's winding him up, so I put snakes on his pics, and he blocked me on Instagram. So maybe I thought him, but 
Uh, I used to watch him before I fought France. Actually, I was in the hotel room just watching TJ highlights and just looking at some of the things he did in his fights because obviously he is a slick fighter. Like besides the and like he is technically outstanding. Um, it's just a shame. Do you know what I mean? Like what what a way to to ruin your legacy or just to put a big mark on your name. And um, I just, I just couldn't imagine doing that myself. I I hope I hope to God like the we keep this sport clean and it's better for everyone. Yeah, that's no doubt, man. He is he is technically brilliant, but yes, that EPO just ruined everything that he has done in his career, yeah, which is so bad for someone so good. No, no. It's just, yeah, it's just, like, you got to think young kids watching as well. Like, mm-hmm. Joe St. Pierre is my, my, like, was my, is my number one, like, I, like, I love Joe St. Pierre. And, um, like, if it come out that he ever, I'd just be, I'd just be gutted. I'd just be heartbroken. Like, I'd, I genuinely be sad. I think I'd be like a sad, <laughs> like just like some bad news being told me. Like TJ, I sort of expected it. Do you know what I mean, like he had the guy no nipples. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's always been suspicions with TJ, but now he's come out. I'm glad. I'm glad you're caught, but it's just a shame because what what a way to to tie your name. Well, you know, you you're at the beginning of your career. You know, you could start and be you know and be big as TJ, and you know yeah. be a great role model for the kids. And it all, you know, and your next fight's coming up, April 19th, Brave 23 in Jordan. Aiden, I appreciate the time, man, and uh, good luck to you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, man. Thank you.